This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Pastor Dave has been teaching on healing for the last several weeks on Wednesday night. And uh, so tonight I'm going to pick up that from that foundation that he's been laying, things he's been speaking. And uh, I'm coming tonight from the perspective that Many of you have either received healing sometime in your life, maybe recently with your own faith, or with somebody else's faith. And so it doesn't make any difference. If you've received healing, then you know what we're talking about. And from the Word of God, has been taught here for a long time. I don't know how long you've been coming. But anyway, we've laid a lot of healing uh, scriptures out here many times for people to get a hold of. So I've come from the perspective that you know it. And if you don't know it yet, then you're going to get blessed tonight anyway. But anyway, tonight I'm going to be teaching on how to keep your healing. And, uh, you know, the things I teach, it's like everything else in life. It depends on what you do with the information you get or what results you get. You know, I'm thinking about the FPU, Financial Peace University. I know that Josh was taught this for years. We've all, we've all went through these classes and pretty much been here for a while. And it's, it's, uh, proven principles based upon the Bible that teach at FPU. I've seen people come and do what they teach at FPU and totally get out of debt, get ahead, end up buying, buying houses, paying cash for cars, and be able to be givers, get ahead in life. I saw some people come and they kind of like, like the man that, uh, you know, you hear about some people make things happen, some people watch things happen, and some people go, do what happened? And so FPU, you know, if people don't do what's taught, then they still go into debt, go into debt, go into debt. Everything's charge cards and credit and try to figure out how to get the best interest rate and then use the charge card to pay off a charge card, then use the card to pay off a card, and somebody always knocking on the door, but it's because they didn't do what they heard. Well, concerning divine healing, it's the same way. And so I want to say something. Has anybody ever heard the expression that some denominations believe once saved, always saved? Well, we know if you know the Bible, it's not once saved, always saved. It's what's saved if you choose to stay saved by walking with Jesus and doing what he tells you to do. Because you can lose, you can lose your salvation if you choose to live like the world still and go back the other direction. Well, it's not once healed, always healed. If you do what you did to get healed, you can keep your healing. But if you don't know what to do, then you can lose it. And so we want to teach an idol how to keep your healing, once you get it, what to do to keep it. Somebody said, Amen or oh me. Okay, I want to show you a couple books in the bookstore. This is really important. This is a book by Charles Capps. And Charles Capps, when he was alive, he was he was the he was the teaching on what you say guru. He was the man that I listened I listened to him before he went to heaven teach faith on confession for what you say for 30, 35 years before before he moved to heaven. He was one of my Bible school teachers back in 1981. And this book here is, is a Scripture Confessions on Healing. It's called God's Creative Power for Healing. And that's a book that you need in your library if you're serious about getting healing into your spirit. And then here's another book by Brother Hagen called How to Keep Your Healing. How to Keep Your Healing. And, and books like this... I fed off of four decades ago. They're in my library still. I still got old copies of all these things. And on occasion, I pull them out and I read them again. 
because it's, I like to be refreshed. I like to hear these things over and over again, but I'm just telling you, uh, in the times we live in especially, you know, what difference does it make if the devil comes up with some new disease? The word hasn't changed. The same word of God that will, will heal, heal, heal a bellyache or a headache or an infected finger from a splinter is the exact same word that heals cancer. I'm living proof. It's the, it's the very same word that heals 99% blockage of your coronary artery. I'm living proof. But I started off as a new Christian, went to a church like this. My pastor taught healing real seriously. I listened to it. I fed on the Word of God. I brought my notebook every service. I brought my Bible. And back then, we still used Bibles. You know, now you got everything else, which is okay, I guess. But I love to use a real Bible to put yellow through it, put red stars around verses, to underline it. And when I hear, hear a teacher, my pastor or a teacher, say something that jumps off of me, they'll say a one-liner. Well, beside that verse, I like to write that one-liner. And it reminds me, anyway, I like, I like a real Bible. So my pastor taught these things. And then we didn't have all the tapes and definitely didn't have Internet. But I drove a truck. And every morning time, I had a routine. When I got my truck and took off my route, I listened to Brother Copeland at 7.30. I listened to Charles Capps at 8 o'clock. These guys all came on the radio at 9.30. No matter what I was doing, I made sure my truck was sitting still somewhere so I could hear Brother Hagen. He, ta- he taught, a, he taught a, 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 a program, a class called Faith Seminar on the air, faith seminar. And that's the kind of stuff that got me hooked up strong in healing. Uh, whenever Brother Copeland or Brother Hagen would come to Indianapolis, I would make sure I had time off of my job pre-planned out because I'm going to the Copeland Convention. I'm going to the Brother Hagen Seminar. And i tell you what, it has paid off richly in my life, the things I got off these guys from the Word of God that I now teach as many people as I can. Pastor Dave, you know the testimony. Three and a half years old, crippled with leukemia. Two weeks later, totally healed. Walking, leaping, praising God. The uh, hospital, children's hospital, checked him out for, what, 20 years? Around 20, 20 more years. He had to go in every year for tests and checking things out. All he ever had was perfect healing. Well, the Word of God. But we did have to get the devil off at least once, for trying to bring it back on him. And we said, no, devil, you're not doing it. We knew what to do. And so, you know, I just want to say for everyone sitting here tonight, for the ones that are watching us on the Internet, whether it's today, in 2021, or in the future sometime, the Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the the only variable is you. Are you going to stay the same? And by that, I mean this. Are you going to stay hungry for the Word of God? Are you going to stay excited about coming to church and listening to faith sermons? Are you going to stay excited that when something tries to attack you, your first thought is not, what's that doctor's number? Do I call 911? Your first thought is, what does the Word say? And then as you're acting on the word, if you've got to dial 911, dial 911. But if you're able to speak the word while you're doing what you're doing, speak the word. And then at the same time, if you've got to go to the doctor, make your appointment, get your prescription, whatever you've got to do, 
but the first prescription should be taken, but should be the Word of God. You should have the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth. And, you know, I, I, I was thinking something. I was just worshiping the Lord. Mrs. Pastor remembers this. Uh, probably 40 years ago, when my pastor was teaching a service like this, he made this statement. And so I stuck with me. He said, if you're totally dependent on medication and there comes a day they tell you can't have it anymore because they're going to discontinue it or they tell you you don't qualify to get it, what are you going to do if your life depends on that and you don't know the Word of God? Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you something. It is very real, the times we live in, that they can pull the plug on your drug that you depend on. And when I got diagnosed at the start of 2018 with stage 4 blood cancer, the first thing I did was call for the elders of this church. I said, James 5, 14 and 15 says, if any sick among you, well, I was among us, I said, I'm sick. Now I'm going to call for the elders of the church, and I'm going to ask them to anoint me with all the name of the Lord. And then it says, and the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. It didn't say the prayer of faith might do something if you're lucky. It said it shall heal the sick. So they prayed the prayer of faith over me, and then I told them, don't ever pray for me again. You thank the Lord that you prayed he heard. And because faith reached heaven and faith pleases God, he'll empower God's working in me. And then the next service, I come into the church here. I stood up here at this pulpit, and I announced to the congregation, I've been diagnosed with stage 4 blood cancer. But, I like the but. I said, but, I said, I've done what God said to do in James 5, 14. He said, call for the elders of the church. I said, I've called for the elders of the church. They've anointed me to fall. they prayed the prayer of faith. He didn't say it all would heal. That's the point of contact. He said, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. He said, they prayed it. And so a lot of you guys were here that day. And I looked at you like that. And honest with you, at the time, I couldn't hardly stand up. I didn't know my heart had 99% blockage, too. But I stood up here, and I said, Now, I don't want any of you to pray for me. What I want you to do, when you think about me, you just raise your hand and say, Thank you, Jesus. My pastor is getting better every day. The prayer of faith has been prayed. He's getting better every day. And then I said this. I said, Don't ask me how I feel, either. Because if I told you how I feel... It wouldn't be a good confession at all because most of the time through that, I felt like death warmed over because I was. I had probably one and a half feet in the grave for several months, but I didn't go by my feelings. I did what I'm talking about tonight, what Pastor Day's been teaching. So, you know, what I'm telling you is not something, I'm not going to say it's hard to do because the Word of God's easy to do, but you have to make your flesh shut up. Amen. You have to make your flesh shut up. And the days you don't feel like doing anything, you tell your body what to do. You say, the Word of God says. And then hopefully, you know some scriptures to quote. If you don't know some scriptures to quote, it's like Pastor Dave said about the flood thing. says it's the wrong time to start shoring up your foundation when the water's already there. The right time to have your foundation right is when there is no flood. And so the best time, that's like, that's the reason he got healed. We was three and a half years old. That's the reason I got healed. Cause we kept our foundation solid. We were built up already on the inside. When that boy went in the hospital, believe me, 
that wasn't a pleasant sight to have your three-and-a-half-year-old son all of a sudden couldn't walk. Then the doctors tell you he's got leukemia and things don't look good. But you know what? No fear. Hit the emotions for the first few minutes. Had a couple uh, men of faith with me. And when they come out and told us what David had, it just hit me. Because it was just a, a gush of fear. And I just went like that. And tears came out of my eyes, not over the disease. It's like when Jesus cried at Lazarus' grave. It wasn't over Lazarus. He knew what he was going to do. It's because the situation of the people around him, he just got shook. Well, what I did then, when they told me the diagnosis in that hospital, I looked at the guys, and I act like I run up my sleeves. I said, okay, now we've heard that. Now we go to war. And I didn't have to go buy some bullets. I was loaded. So from then on, from then on, the first thing I did, I wasn't a pastor then, took my son to church on Sunday, I called for the elders of the church, and they anointed him in the name of the Lord. Had hands laid on him, and I did for him back in, what was that, 1988, 88, 88, 88, 1988, 1988, I did that, and I didn't let anybody pray for him anymore because the prayer of faith had been prayed. Two weeks, two weeks after they'd begun treatment. Is all whole, healthy blood. And so I'm telling you right now, the things we're teaching, you know, our, our, te- our church doesn't really teach any just nice, feel-good sermons. You know, we don't want to get your emotions all started. Oh, whoo, we're all excited. And then leave here and don't even remember what you heard. We want to show you how to live and not die. Psalms 118, verse 70 says, I'll live and not die, declare the works of the Lord. If you've been diagnosed with something serious, you need to have Psalms 118, verse 17 in your heart and in your mouth, I'll live and not die. It works, doesn't it, Dylan? He's not a cancer survivor. He was healed of cancer by Jesus. Amen. Dave is not a cancer survivor. He was healed by Jesus of cancer. Amen. And, and the cancer I had is not in remission. Jesus destroyed the cancer in my body. There's no remission. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you've got to start knowing that in your heart about things you're dealing with because the world looks at things through the eyes of the world. God looks at things through the eyes of the Word. When you start seeing through the eyes of the Word, you're going to start seeing what God sees. And when you start seeing what God sees and responding accordingly, you're going to get what God says. You want to know what God sees? Read the Bible. Amen. That's what he sees. That's what he says. And so at any rate, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 13. What would you say, Dylan? All right. What would you say, Pastor Dave? <laughs> Anybody else care to chime in? Be excited about the word. You know, I've always, 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 we're going to look at verse 13, but I've always stuck with something that Brother Hagin used to say. And I really know it's so. How many do know that John chapter 1 says Jesus is the Word? He's the living Word. He was made flesh. The written Word was made flesh to the living Word. And so to the degree, now listen to this, a lot of Christians don't really understand this. When you get excited about the Word, you're getting excited about Jesus. And when a man or woman of God called of God, anointed of God, gifted of God, steps up in front of you, and he tells you what the Word of God says, that is the same thing as Jesus talking to you. And so, you know, when I go to a verse like that, 
and people get excited, what they're saying is, Jesus, I'm excited about you because you're getting ready to talk to me tonight. Amen? And so Luke chapter 4, verse 13. All right. And so in this chapter right here, Jesus just resisted all the temptations the devil threw at him. And after he had successfully resisted, King James says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him forever. No, he didn't. For a season. Now, Amplified Bible says, and uh, do we have it on the screen there? There we go. Amplified Bible says this. And when the devil had ended every complete cycle of temptation, he left him. Now, look at this. You've got to know this. Temporarily. That is, stood off from him until another more opportune and favorable time. Even when Jesus successfully, and by the way, when you read that, the way Jesus resisted the devil and the devil fled was this. He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. He quoted what the Bible said about what's coming against him. When I had the cancer, my whole thing was, it is written. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. I've been prayed for. I'm healed. It is written, devil, First Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed, so I am healed. It is written in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, These signs shall follow them that believe in Jesus' name, they lay hands sick, they shall recover. I'm in the recovery room. I'm in God's recovery room because I had hands laid on me. And so I said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so if you are going to receive from God, you've got to start getting some it is written when the attack comes. And I make a suggestion. A lot of people don't do this, but I, I taught myself this way. I was led this way when I become a new Christian. Every verse I learned, I would first of all quote the address and then the verse. I've met so many Christians over the year. I'd say the majority of Christians. They say, you know what? I know verses, but I don't know addresses. Well, what are you going to do in time of emergency if you don't know how to use your kit? you got to know what's in there. And so I just suggest that you develop the habit, if you don't already, if you start learning new verses, first of all, write out the location, then write the verse. And every time you meditate, speak out loud, or quote the verse, always quote that, that address first. That's why I quote Matthew 8, 16, 17. And that's another great hill in Proverbs 4, 20 through 23. <laughs> you know, I, I just go on and on and on and on. Exodus 15, 26, 23, 25, 26. I mean, just, I go right through the Word of God. And it's not that I'm smart, but I put these things in my spirit. And my spirit bypasses my head. They come out of my spirit. But how you put them in is how they come out. I, I got to stick with the program here. But John 14, 26, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything he said unto you. Well, how can he remind you of a verse you've never learned? You're going to be reminded of something you know. And so you have to learn it first so he can remind you of it. And so I praise God that I was able to put him down there like that. So anyway, it says Satan backed off for a season from our opportune and fable time from Jesus. And so listen to this. I taught healing school for a number of years back in Indiana. I've taught healing out here for a long, long time. But Brother Hagin always said, more people, now this is a key right here for you to get. 
More people lose their healing from the counterattack, from the counterattack, than any other one thing. More people lose their healing from the counterattack than any other one thing. That means for a more opportune time. You know, uh, this not, this not anybody to raise hands, but if you've ever been delivered from alcohol, then you know the counterattack comes. You know, the world calls it falling off the wagon. God calls it backsliding. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it, if you've been delivered from nicotine, if you've been delivered from any kind of drugs, well, Jesus sets you free. And John eight thirty six says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, shall be free indeed. But the whole thing is, if you're going to stay free, you have to be ready for the counterattack. And you know, I never confess there's an attack coming. I never confess a counterattack. Because I know spiritual things the Bible teaches, I know that if Satan was waiting for a time to try Jesus again, if Jesus wasn't too good not to be attacked, then I'm not too good not to be attacked. And so I know if the Bible tells me Satan was waiting back for a more opportune time to try it again, I know in my life, the things that he's freed me from, i got to be ready for the counterattack. You know, other reason people uh, lose their healing because they get back into sin. Or they choose to back off or whatever. But the thing is, even when you're a strong, good Christian, you're faithful to God, you read your Bible, you pray, you worship, you praise, all the Christian things you know to do, then you got to be ready. Because if he tries to bring that same thing back on you again, you got to know what to do. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. And we're talking about how to keep your healing. How to keep your healing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. And, uh, you know, I, I, really, I really, you know, my, my highest ideal would be with everybody that sits in a service had a notebook had something to write with, had a Bible. But with modern times, with the Internet, at least, praise God, you don't have to do what I had to do years ago, man. I had to get my money together, my nickels and dimes and quarters, pay $5 for a cassette tape to be able to hear it again. And, you know, some of those days, I had a choice between $5 for that or $5 for gas to get to work. And so I had to save up my money for tapes back then. And so now, you can go right on YouTube, Facebook, uh, what's that other thing called? iTunes, and you get these things off for free, so you can go back and do that. But I love to take notes while they're live in the service, because there's a different anointing on it here when it's live. And God says things to me in services where I write them down, and Pastor Pastor Dave notes. I go through those and even look on them. I mean, he's the one I raised and taught, but now he's got his own gift of God, the way God uses him, and he says things that speak to me all the time. Because the anointing of Jesus that's on him. So First Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 says this. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Who resists steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. There's the faith again. We'll talk about that in a minute. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so, what he's saying here is that Satan 
talking about healing, will bring symptoms back to you. But it says, seeking to be made of our sin, if you get permission from you to put it back on you. Death and life's in the power of the tongue. Satan needs your permission. It says, seeking whom he may. It didn't say who he can. It says who he may. And so when he knocks on your door with symptoms, lies to your mind or whatever he does, it says he's seeking. Can I put this back on you? You know, uh, I think about what happened. Pastor Dave had been healed, was healed, and... Uh, I was working, and uh, anyway, Mrs. Pastor had him up at the hospital for his regular check. Have you been healed for a while? For I think for probably a year or two, right? Anyway, for a while. And anyway, I was back home. And I got a call from her at the hospital. Said, Dr. So-and-so said that Samples kid's got leukemia again. Well, she was up there, caught her off guard, shook her, caught her off guard, shook her pretty good. And so where I was, there was a woods and there were people around me, so I got out of the house and I told her that we didn't have all the cell phones and everything. It was really hard to communicate, be able to connect on phones from pay phones to other stuff. I said, I said, just keep your mouth shut. I'm going to pray. So I just walked out of the woods. And all I did is what I've taught you. I just praised God and thanked him that David had already been healed, that he was healed, he was healed. Thank you, Jesus, he's healed. Satan, keep your hands off my son. You're not bringing leukemia back. He's healed. Well, a little bit later, I was back inside, got my piece all back. She called back on the phone and said the real doctor, our doctor, that was somebody else's doctor. He wasn't even on our case. He just walked past, saw the papers laying there on the little the ledge thing where they lay papers out. And he just in passing walked past and said, sample kids got leukemia again. Well, when our doctor came and looked at things, she was all shook up. He said, I don't know why he said that. These numbers don't say that at all. Said he still got perfect blood. There's nothing wrong with him. The devil wanted her, wanted me to go into depression. Start crying. Said, oh, no. I thought Jesus healed him. I don't know why he's not healed. Oh, no, I don't understand that. We don't deserve this. He just is a little boy. This isn't right. This isn't fair. Oh, this isn't right. The devil is going to break stuff on you. He would love, he would love to get you start talking about how unfair it is. How it's not right. We're good Christian people. We go to church. We pray. We read our Bibles. Our pastor says if we bring tithes to the storehouse, well, your pastor doesn't say that the Bible says that. Your pastor tells you what God said. You bring your tithes to God's storehouse, God will rebuke the devourer for you. Oh, I thought God rebuked the devourer. He did. He needs your faith. Keep your mouth open. And tithing was one of the big things I used in Pastor Dave's healing. I said, Lord, I want to thank you. I remember I knelt down on my knees in that hospital because full of all the plugs and the wires and needles and all the stuff going on, blood transfusion, I mean, everything going on. I was on my knees with my Bible open on that bed. Malachi chapter 3. I looked at him. I looked up to heaven. I said, Jesus, you said if I'd be a faithful tither, you'd rebuke the devourer for me. I said, that's my son right there. This really happened just this way. I said, the devil's tried to devour his life. I said, I want to thank you, Jesus, that you're rebuking the devourer. That's amongst all the other things I was doing. But that's where I stood. So I'm telling you right now, no matter how the attack comes with, if it's pain coming back or whatever it is, man, know your doctor and stuff. 
But your first line of defense, first line of offense, has got to be, what does God say? Amen. And so anyway, he says right here that uh, he's seeking to be made of our, but then I, I want you to notice something. He says, who resists steadfast in the faith, nor in the same afflictions. Now this is a big phrase right here. Are accomplished in your brethren. He doesn't stop there. Your brethren that are in the world. Well, the Lord told me years ago, there's two kinds of Christians. You can choose which kind you want to be. You don't think about this church. A man told me years ago, he said, Pastor, you know what I like about this church? You take the responsibility off of God. You put it on us. Amen. And so right now, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He said the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren, not period, but that are in the world. Two kinds of Christians. You can choose to be a in-the-world Christian or an in-the-word Christian. And when the attack comes, if you're a double agent, you're not going to know what to do. What's a double agent? Well, that's the Christians that come to church. They shout, Amen, Hallelujah, praise the Lord. They jump and they shout. Then tomorrow, when they're on the job and the cussing jokes are going on, they're right in the middle of it. When the dirty pictures being handed out, the men are looking right at the same dirty pictures they always did before they were Christians. When all the murmuring, complaining, and whining about how mean the boss is, what a stupid company it is, all this and all that, murmuring, complaining, and whining, then they're choosing to go back and live like the world. But when you're an in-the-word Christian, that stuff's going on, you just ignore it. You're there. And while that's going on, you don't join in. And as somebody, I know what always happened to me, I always liked to mind my own business, even as a Christian. God opened up doors for witnessing. But when sinners would back me in the corner, well, what do you think? Ain't that right? I try to ignore them. Well, ain't that right? What do you think? And finally, when they got me where I had to talk, I said, okay, no, it's not right. Here's what I think. Here's what God said. And so you guys can do what you want to do, but I'm not joining in. Because I'm going to follow Jesus. I need Jesus. And so I wouldn't join in. And I tried to stay out of it, unless I was forced into it, because, I mean, who wants to, even if you're a bold Christian, when you've got a, a dozen people you work with that's all sinners, I mean, you don't want to just stand there and start preaching to them, unless God has you do it. And so the thing is, what I'm saying, he said the same afflictions are accomplished. Are accomplished. That means whatever it is, the attack is, and we're talking about healing tonight, whatever it is, says they're accomplished in your brethren that are worldly, carnal Christians. I know the modern translations say different, says they're experienced by whatever, something like that, the modern translations. But I like the King James where he says that they're accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. And so when the Lord told me years ago, two kinds, in the world or in the word, I chose I would not be in the world and be in the word. Amen. You know why? I like victory. I like my family blessed. I like healing. I like my needs met. I like to go to sleep and not be depressed. I like not be controlled by fear. I like faith to work in my life. But then notice where he says, now listen to this, look at this. says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. You resist steadfast in the faith. And the, the, the Greek literally says, steadfast, steadfast with your own faith. With your own faith. And keep, keep this in mind. I always like to teach there's three components of faith. The way I like to see it is this. Number one, how does faith come? 
Carrying what? So if you're going to resist steadfast in the faith, that means you're going to resist steadfast in sitting under the Word of God and hearing the Word of God. Because if you're not sitting under the Word of God and hearing it consistently, you're not steadfast. Now, there's no way, there's no way you can resist the counterattack if you're not steadfast in the faith. So number one component, hearing the Word. Number two, Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said the faith works by you have what you say. You speak to the mountain, be removed, cast to the sea, shall not doubt in your heart. But you believe, now listen to this, you believe, that means faith. Faith is what you believe. You believe those things you saith will come to pass, have whatsoever you saith. And so if you resist and steadfast in the faith, you're hearing the word, you're speaking the word. You're resisting steadfast by speaking the word, what God says. And then the number three component is James 1.22. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. And so if you're going to be a serious resistor, you know, you think about resisting the rest. If somebody's resisting arrest, they're not just staying back and saying nothing. They're putting up a fight. They're going to do something trying to keep those handcuffs off. They're going to do something not to go to jail. They don't want to go to jail. They're serious resistors. Well, the devil's trying to put you in jail. How many know the sickness and disease is a prison? It binds you. It chains you. It stops you. It hinders you. It limits you. And so if you're going to resist steadfast, then you go up your mouth and say, No, devil, in the name of Jesus. You're not putting this on me. First Peter 2.24 says I was already healed. Matthew 8.17 says, Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. Matthew 18.18, Jesus said, what I bind on earth is bound in heaven. I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Keep that disease away from me, off my family. In Jesus' name, you're not going to do it, devil. Amen. You said I'm saying, if you're going to resist, you've got to get aggressive. Amen. Is anybody getting excited about this tonight? Amen. We're, we're talking about how to keep your healing. And so anyway, you've got to resist steadfast in the faith. And so when you're a serious student of the word, then you recognize the counterattack. I want to say that again. If you're a serious student of the word, you recognize the counterattack. You know how to use your faith to resist it and keep your healing. Look at John chapter 8. Look at John chapter 8. You know... I don't know about you, but I know about me. So I can tell you the way I, the way I operate in things. Because I know, beyond any shadow of a doubt, just as surely as I breathe, as I eat, as I function, just as surely as I know that two plus two is four, four plus four is eight, I know that by his stripes I was healed. He took my infirmities to bear my sicknesses. So at the first sign of a headache, pretty much all my Christian life, I've immediately said, no, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I don't receive headaches from you. Thank you, Lord, that your healing powers in my hands, and I'm healed. At the first sign of a sniffle, a sore throat, a bellyache, and if I've ate something stupid, First thing I do is obey the Bible. I say, Jesus, forgive me. Oh, I shouldn't have done that, Lord. I'm, oh, at first John 1 9 says, if I confess your faith, just forgive. Lord, I receive my forgiveness. I receive my healing, Lord. Thank you for healing. And so I'm telling you right now, you've got to, you've got to recognize attacks when they come. And you need to nip it in the bud as soon as something starts, man. Take care of it. Amen. And so John 8, 31 and 32. 
says this. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, that's what I said a while ago. Man, stay hungry for the word. Stay in love with the word. Stay stay hungry to get to church to hear the word of God taught. And expect the word of God to speak to you as you get here. Said, then you're my disciples indeed. And because you've continued in my word, you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Now hold your place and look at John seventeen seventeen. And this is a this is a verse you need to know. Actually all of them, but this is really a key verse. For your spiritual health. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Jesus said, God's word is the truth. Now with that in mind, go back to John chapter 8, verse 31. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. As you shall know the truth, because you know the word. And the truth or the word, they're interchangeable. And the word you know shall make you free. So he says, you continue my word, you'll know the truth, because you know the word. That's so I want to say this. I know that, you know, a lot of, even, I know politicians like to say, the truth will make you free. Jesus did not say that. He said the word will make you free. There's a lot of things that are natural facts, but not the truth. The Word of God's the truth. It was a fact. I was diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. That was a fact. But the truth, call for the elders of the church to prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so the truth changed the facts. If you continue in my truth, Continue my word. So in other words, it's the word you know that makes you free because God said his word, his truth are one and the same. And so if you all remember, I kept telling you as, as I was more and more into all that chemotherapy and stuff, they kept looking at blood all the time. I said pretty soon they're going to look at the microscope and they're going to say, what's the First Peter 2.24? I said they're going to keep saying First Peter 2.24, the blood work. At 1 Peter 2.24, says, By Jesus' stripes, Bertie Samples was healed. Does anybody remember when I used to say that? Well, you know what? There come a day, they looked in there, and they said, Normal. 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 You know why that happened? Because I continued in the truth. And the truth that I knew, the word that I knew, it made me free. And so you must continue in the truth. And so you've got to, you got to read healing. You got to speak healing. You got to act on what you've heard. And I want to close all in one place, the book of James. And this is showing you how to put into practice everything that Jesus had me talk tonight. And you know, because I'm teaching the Word of God, that I can safely say, because Jesus and his word are one and the same. If Jesus himself were in here tonight, and how many know that Jesus was anointed of the Spirit? And he had the Spirit. He worked with the Spirit. Well, that same anointing, there's no different anointing, different Spirit now. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Jesus. This word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So as I'm teaching the word of God tonight, 
for people sitting in here wanting answers, the ones watching the wanting answers, this is the same thing as Jesus talking to you. I'm his messenger. I'm not Jesus. I'm his messenger, but I've got the same spirit. I've got the same words that he spoke. So I'm relating to you what Jesus said. And so the things we've said tonight are all scriptural. They're all Bible. But I want you to notice in James chapter 1, verse 22, he said, But be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. said a lot of good things tonight, totally scriptural, totally Bible. But if you've been healed either by your faith, somebody else's faith, or God just miraculously healed you, and you know you've been healed, doctors maybe confirmed you've been healed, you know that the pains have been gone, symptoms have been gone, and all of a sudden things are coming back, it's not what you hear and know, it's what you know and do that gets results. You can know all these things, but if all you do is let things come back on you, and then... You violate the law of confession. Start saying, oh, no, what happened? It's back. This is worse than it ever was. Well, Satan comes knocking on your door seeking, can I devour you? Yeah, don't open your mouth and say, no, devil. You can't resist thoughts with thoughts. you got to resist thoughts with words. you got to speak them out. That's why it's called the sword of the Spirit. And so look at James chapter 4, verse 7. James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and what? He'll flee from you. That's the second time we've heard that. Submit yourselves to God. The number one way, when you know the principles of God's word, the number one way you submit to God is submitting to his word. When you say, Lord, I know this is what's going on in my life, but... Your word says, as the Lord, and you know, it works in every area. You know, a tithe is easy to think about. Lord, things look impossible, but your word says, bring the tithe to the storehouse. But your word says, avoid all appearance of evil. But your word says, turn the other cheek. But your word says, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. So I choose to agree with your word, Lord. That's how I submit to God. You submit to his word, and then you say, Satan, I've submitted to God because I've submitted to his word. He says I'm healed, and then Jesus said in John eight forty four that you're a liar and the father of lies. So Satan, right now, I'm telling you, take your lying symptoms, take your pains, take your hurts, get away from me now in the name of Jesus, and then just whatever you got to do, raise your hands. If your hands hurt, open your mouth. And do something to start praising God and thanking that his word's working. And then verse 17, this is the last verse. Therefore to him that knoweth do good and doeth it not to him and his sin. And so you've been taught some things tonight again that uh, tagged right off what Pastor Day's been teaching. And so now you know what to do. And so, you know, I can't already believe the Lord was having us teach a sermon like this if somebody weren't being attacked again. And so, if the counterattack has been back on you, you know what to do to tell to get off and then you do it. And so, I'll just say this, to be forewarned is to be forearmed. You've been warned. If things try to come back, now you're armed. You know what to do. You don't have to put up with it. So, if you stick with the word, 
then the word will stick with you. And hallelujah, you can keep your healing because it is the will of God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.